there's excitement for what's next. There's also, you know, sadness for, for something coming to an end that you really appreciated and, and really grew a lot from. And that kind of final feeling of that being over in some ways it is very um, overwhelming. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Career Therapy Podcast. Today we're kicking off a new series called Life After Layoff. And today we are joined by John Thomas Lang, the head of marketing at Amount. And he's got a great layoff story and recovery uh, to share with us uh, to kick off this new series. So John, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Hey, it's great to be here. And uh, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to speak with you today. Absolutely. I'm excited as well. Um, we always like to kick off these podcasts with uh, that infamous job search question of tell me about yourself and see where people take it. So John, tell me about yourself. Yeah. So uh, my name is John. Uh, I'm originally born and raised in Denver, Colorado. Moved here to Chicago about 12 years ago to actually pursue uh, music and went to music school here in the city and then um, kind of found myself in this Chicago tech startup scene and um, really kind of found a foothold within uh, building and scaling marketing efforts and, and, and teams and, and specifically kind of on the content side. So um, the last five years have been uh, me really focusing on that and enjoying the ride here. So um, that's kind of a little bit of background about me and, and kind of where, I, where I'm at now. But, um, you know, I think for me, my kind of goal in this whole thing is, is to combine that creative background that I've had and, and, and bring that to these businesses and really help to scale their efforts effectively. That's awesome. And so how did you go from uh, music into marketing? How'd you make that transition? Yeah, you know, I think um, for me, I came out of, uh, came out of music school kind of ready to go and, and ready to pursue music full time and um, kind of realized quickly that that was going to be a lot more difficult than I had hoped for. And uh, realized at the same time kind of that I, I wanted to pursue this kind of business mind that I have as well. And so I was able to kind of get some good experience with a few companies early on um, a few years after I graduated college and really just they kind of let me drive the ship in a lot of ways. And, and that was super helpful for me to just kind of get thrown in and start learning things. And uh, so for me, it just was it was a lot of luck. It was a lot of effort. It was a lot of uh, kind of right place, right time. But at the, at the same time, there was just a uh, a lot of people behind me that, that really encouraged me along the way and said, hey, you know, keep going, keep pushing. So uh, for me, that was kind of the natural transition. And I think too, um, with marketing and specifically in the, in the startup space, that creativity is, is so important. And so, you know, for me and my background, um, it's something that just kind of comes naturally for me and, and even just being able to improvise on the fly, whether it's on a campaign or, you know, iterating as you're testing and learning something, um, all that kind of derives from my background in music. So I use it every day. And I, and I think uh, once I kind of started to realize that employers were actually kind of interested in that background and that it wasn't really a mark on me, um, I started to really embrace that and, and, and kind of lean into it. And, and, you know, that's that's really part of my offering, I think, as my career continues to develop. I love that. Yeah, leaning into it and really, you know, taking the best bits of it and bringing it over. And I, and I think music really uh, does translate quite a bit. That creative aspect really does translate to marketing because it is about understanding audience and understanding emotion and understanding flow and things like that. So I, I'm really excited to dig into that a little bit more as well as the idea of luck. I think a lot of people talk about luck and I'm curious about, you know, where, where luck played in and where maybe we give luck too much credit because I have a feeling you probably put in a lot of effort through all these transitions as well. 
Um, so let's jump into the layoff story. So tell me, uh, you know, give give us the, the framework. What were you doing? Where were you working? If you want, you know, as many details as you want to share. Um, and, and how did that day look for you? Yeah, that's a, a, a great questions there. So um, I was working at a company called G2.com, which is formerly G2 Crowd. And uh, that day, I think, was in early December um, of 2019. And, and uh, you know, it, there had been some, um, obviously, some things that were kind of leading towards seeing that, okay, maybe we need to make some reductions here and um, certain goals not being hit. And I think a lot of us kind of felt that. And where I was situated on the team was was kind of in a, in a very kind of um, innovative role in trying to drive new channels and, and new functionalities within the company. So it's kind of a natural fit for myself and a few members of that team to to kind of be a part of that. So um, that day was was very interesting. It was a lot of uh, it was a lot of um, different emotions. You know, I think uh, there's excitement for what's next. There's also you know sadness for for something coming to an end that you really appreciated and, and really grew a lot from. And um, I think the biggest thing for me was just the people aspect of it. And you, know, you get to know your teammates and get to know these people around you that you that you work with every day and really understand like what makes them tick and and kind of how you can best collaborate with them and then that kind of final feeling of that being over in some ways it is very um overwhelming so there was a lot of feeling around that there was a lot of just kind of um i wouldn't say surprise um because i i don't think i was necessarily surprised by it but i think there was just kind of a general uh feeling of kind of shock that that's how it went down. And, you know, that's, it was my first experience with that. So it's definitely something that kind of um, came out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know when I went through, uh, you know, my layoff, uh, it, it was one of those things where you kind of knew it was coming. You sort of saw some writing on the wall, but, but then when it actually hit, you're always like, Oh my goodness, that came out of nowhere. Was it, um, was it one of those, you know, I, I think one of the things that's so interesting for people who are, who have either just gone through a layoff or people who are worried that they might because, you know, the world is still a pretty interesting place with COVID going on right now um, is sort of that, you know, how will that news be broken to me? Right. How will it be a, a, a text like a bad relationship or will it be an email or will it be a face to face or zoom? I guess these days, um, do you feel like there was anything that, that the company did well, in breaking that news that you would maybe encourage other companies to do or, you know, that, that you really appreciated? Um, yeah, I think it was, everything was very clear from like what their goals were in this and who was impacted, how it was going to impact um, myself as well as, you know, teammates that are still remaining on the team. So um, that was cool to see the transparency. And then I think, um, it wasn't necessarily something that they offered, but it was something that I kind of forced when we were in the meeting, which was kind of a 360 feedback mm. um, where I kind of spoke up a little bit about some things that I'd like to see improve across the company, specifically to my uh, direct manager and then um, to, to people on the people team as well. So I think like my goal with that was just to try to, to kind of hopefully help whatever would happen in the future um, of saying, hey, here's some feedback on how this happened. And um, some things that I think we can all improve on. And then with that, obviously, I asked that same thing back to me, which is, hey, what's your advice for me going into this next role wherever I land next? So um, I think that's really important for companies as well as 
um, any sort of uh, member of the workforce who's going to go into a meeting like that is to make sure that you are able to kind of get what you need out of it for that closure in that sense as well. So um, I know a lot of times it can't be anticipated and today with Zoom meetings and the way that's all structured, it can really kind of be very abrupt. Um, so it's, it's hard to do that in that moment, but I would encourage people both from the company side as well as members of the workforce to to make sure that they're able to get that closure in that discussion. Um, I think that's really helpful for both sides. Absolutely. And was yours face-to-face? Was it on Zoom? Was it a like midweek, end of the week? How, what was the whole circumstance around it? Yeah, you know what? I think it was a, uh, I think it was a Thursday, if I remember right. Um, we were all still in the office and, and actually we had our kind of holiday gift exchange that day for our team. So I, you know, I was walking in with a gift oh, for one nuts. of our teammates and, um, thankfully I was still able to get it to her. So, uh, we still got the gift out and, and that was good in time. But, uh, yeah, I would definitely recommend companies if they're going to do a massive uh, reduction in force to make sure there's no uh, parties going on that day. But, <laughs> oh, <my laughs> um, yeah, so I think, uh, you know, I think it was anticipated in that sense. Um, and I kind of knew what I was walking into that day, but, um, you know, it was, there was 45 of us that were impacted that day. So it was kind of a revolving door of, you know, um, teammates walking up and then walking back down with, with mm. their, their papers, if you will. So um, it was, it was an interesting day, I think for everyone. And, and you know, as I reflect back on that, it was, um, I mean, it, it was hard for everybody, all, all of us that, that got let go because we were really in the middle of building something special, but you know, it was, it was especially hard for those teammates that were left, left there to kind of pick up. Right. And when you lose 45 of your, of your teammates, that's, a huge blow. And, um, I, you know, I'm, I, I'm not quite sure if they've been able to, to really recoup that, but, um, you know, I think that's a big challenge for any company kind of looking at this right now. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, it's tough on the people who have to leave, but it's definitely tough on the people that have to say all, all around the board, it's a difficult decision. And I think one of the big things is to have that empathy for the company as well, right? They're not doing this to be jerks. They're doing this because they're in a hard spot and they're trying to make hard decisions and, Unfortunately, layoffs is one of them. And it's something that, you know, almost everyone's going to go through at some point in their career. So we might as well talk about it and learn from it. So I really appreciate you sharing your story here. Um, With that 360 feedback that you got that you had asked for, uh, was there anything that you learned about yourself or learned about your work at that time that you were able to then take and apply into your job search or into your next role? Yeah, definitely. Um, And I think you know, everybody, when you get that type of feedback, no matter what space you're in, be able to absorb it. It might not be that moment, but maybe later you reflect on it and really see what, what was the root behind that. And um, for me, what I think the best feedback that I kind of, and maybe I did a little translating this into my own side, but I think for me, it was the best, the best feedback I got was like, you need to always be proving um, what you're doing and, and what the ROI is of your efforts. So even if you're in a role where it's a lot of experimentation and it's a lot of testing and learning and iterating on things, you have to constantly be showing what impact that's making on the broader business. And so for me now, as I, you know, kind of step into a head of marketing role where there's going to be a lot of strategic experimentation, a lot of different things tried in the market, it's always so important for me to show why this matters and, and not just how we're going to accomplish it, but, but why we should and, and what that means behind it. So that was really probably the most impactful thing that I, that I took from that. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that I, you know, when we're building our careers, when we're going through these times of change and all this stuff, one of the things that I notice is everyone feels like 
they should be reacting in a certain way or, or should be <laughs> doing something different than what they're doing. Um, and, you know, when, when we go through something like this, you know, there's a wide range of reactions. I almost found my layoff comedic. I was like, I, I went out to dinner with my girlfriend and we were like, I'm getting laid off tomorrow. I know it. And I'm like, let's laugh and have a dinner. Um, but then, <laughs> but then the inevitable emotions come rising up. Right. So I'm kind of curious when you got home that day, you know, how, how, what was your next step? Like, how did you process the layoff and how did you start bouncing back? What was that maybe next day, next week, next month? What did that look like for you? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, that day, actually, there was about a group of five or six of us that all went out to brunch right after. So that was a, that was a healing uh, meal right there, I feel like, and for all of us and uh, got a lot off our, off our chest that day. So um, that was great. And then I think after that, you know, I just went home and, and kind of reflected on things and, and really tried to sit in that moment and, and understand kind of the broader picture as well as more, you know, look inwardly and, and see kind of where I can go from there. And, um, you know, I just kind of felt it a I, I felt words come up that, that I wanted to share. Um, so I, I just kind of immediately put something out on, on LinkedIn and Twitter. And um, that actually really helped me. It kind of springboarded me for the next like week or so um, with, you know, meeting up with old connections and kind of better understanding how I can get um, in front of some of these co-founders and leaders in these startups in this community. So um, what did, that what did really, you end up posting? What'd you put out there? Um, it was just kind of a reflective, uh, kind of look back and, and thanking all my teammates and everybody that, you know, had an impact on me at G2. And, um, you know, I think for me, like the, the amount of growth that I went through, I was just there for 10 months, but everything that I learned, everything that I picked up, the friendships that I, that I gained out of that experience and the colleagues that I had from that were, were so valuable. And I think I just wanted to reflect that. Um, and then obviously like, that's just kind of my personality. Like I'm, I'm not going to, you know, necessarily come out here and, and, and start, you know, um, wagging a finger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, um, you know, for me, I try to keep it positive and, and, you know, I knew that a lot of my good friends and teammates were, were still there trying to build what we were all trying to build and, and just kind of wishing them luck and everything. And, you know, something like that has obviously a dual purpose, right? It, it helps, uh, it helps to get things off your chest. And then it also kind of helps you to make people aware that, Hey, I'm available and ready for that next adventure. So, um, that was a big part of it. You know, I'm a marketer, so I always want to have a call to action with everything. And, and for me, that was, uh, Hey, I'm, I'm ready to go. Let's, let's take this to the next level. Whoever's ready. Uh, let's start talking. So, um, you know, I think for that, that next week, I actually, uh, ended up driving back home to Denver. It was a week earlier than I was going to for the holidays. So I extended my vacation a little bit, but, um, while I was out there, it was really productive. I, I, I think I had four or five calls a day with, with various founders, various hiring managers, recruiters, um, and really just trying to get my name out there and, and let people know that I was available. And, um, over that, I think I stayed out there through the new year and then came back to Chicago and, and had probably 10 or 10 to 15 interviews and, and kind of just went from there and, and narrowed it down to, to three or four spots. And, and then I ended up at a mount, which I'm really happy I did. And, and I think, uh, took a total of about six weeks, I think, to get, get into the new role, which I started in early February. But, um, those were great six weeks. You know, I think for me, like, obviously growth is a lifestyle in a lot of ways and, and uh, personal growth is huge. And, and those six weeks were great for me from a networking standpoint, um, from just a confidence standpoint of seeing like, Oh yeah, I, I can do this. You know, no matter what happens, like I'm going to be okay. And uh, that's really something that after a layoff is like really important and whatever you land in, whether it's, 
you know, you go to a new company or whether you start to do something on your own or freelance, you just got to understand that every single path that you're taking, there's growth there. And that's, that's really what I was trying to understand during that time and, and really get it now and, and see as I look back on it. Um, and then, you know, I had some friends recently lose jobs and just trying to give that same advice of, you know, take the time now. Don't, don't wait, get, get, get it out there. Let people know that you're available if that's what you want to do and, and start hitting the pavement. Um, and that, yeah. that's really what I did right after and, and it, it worked out. So, um, everyone has their own path, but just make sure on that path, you know, you're growing towards something. Yeah. And I think it's great advice. And I think it's, um, you know, it's good to hear because so often there's a lot of shame wrapped up in a layoff. I know I'm trying to remember exactly what I did. I don't think I did any sort of public post about it. I told a lot of people personally and I went off and did my own thing. Um, but I, there's this sort of sense of, um, shame that can arise that causes us to hesitate to reach out to people, hesitate to post that thing. And, you know, maybe some hesitation is legitimate. I'm, I'm, again, everyone has their own path, of course. But um, at a certain point, putting yourself out there and being real with people and, and opening up those doors, I think, can be incredibly cathartic, it almost sounds like, and, and helpful. Um, and I'm curious, you know, you, you were part of a, a large group, right? Did that, do you feel like that made a difference in how you were feeling after knowing it wasn't just like a, you know, a, a fired for performance or something like that? It was a, a bit of a group thing and you, you maybe even had other people to look to for inspiration or other people to look to, look to is, I almost think of it as like bumpers. It's like, I don't want to go too far that way and I don't want to go too far that way. I want to just get that strike zone, right? Um, was there anything that you saw in how other people reacted? Not, you know pointing fingers or calling anyone out but was there anything that you saw that you're like "Ooh, they should maybe reel that in or maybe they should push it a little bit harder was there anything out there that you saw that like helped you stay in a in a positive space that's a good question you know i think um not really anything publicly but i I think you know in private conversations there was definitely things that kind of kept me kept me going but overall from that i think that the thing that i really saw with with the group of us experiencing that was just a, a massive solidarity between all of us and, and really trying to help each other out and saying like, Hey, this opportunity didn't work for me, but let me introduce you to this recruiter. And, you know, I remember there were a few roles that I was looking at that just kind of didn't fit for what I was looking for. And, and I was able to kind of pass them off to other people and, and have them interview and kind of keep that connection going. But um, as far as like how you handle it, you know, I think there's always um, examples, right, that are a little cringe, and you kind of look at it, and you're like, ooh, I don't know if I would have gone out and said that, but um, didn't see much of that, which I was, um, which I think is good, but at the same time, there was um, a lot of people who just stayed quiet, and, and, you know, I think you spoke to the shame, and I think that's really real, and um, honestly, it kind of comes in waves, and even, like, when you're out interviewing, you kind of, like, feel that shame again when you're talking about it in some ways, and and then in other ways you kind of don't. So it, it's, it's, it creeps up on you. And even like I found myself kind of um, in the interview process, kind of like trying to better understand how I was feeling about where I was at as well through these interviews, um, which was kind of an interesting uh, game to play. But um, I think this, what you speak of there is, is very real. And I would encourage anybody, like if you're laid off and even if you are let go because of performance, like, understand that that shame is going to be there. Don't necessarily trap it and leave it out, but 
identify it and then move on to the core of that and, and try to figure out what's driving that truly. And um, I think if you kind of can work through that, then, then that becomes a lot easier, but it's inevitable and it'll be there for sure. Absolutely. And, and that solidarity, I think that that's such a key thing of tapping into communities. Um, there's, there's a sense of isolation that starts to happen after a layoff. And, you know, unless you're actively putting yourself out there, I mean, what's nice about having a job is it forces you into social situations sometimes, right? You kind of have to deal with a coworker here or there um, or go to a happy hour or something. Um, but especially in the work from home world that we're in right now, there, there can be a real sort of um, turning inward that happens with folks. And I find that, you know, that can quickly spiral into a bad situation. And you mentioned a couple of things that I thought were really interesting. You said you wrote that post, not saying I need a job, someone give me a job, right? You wrote that post being grateful for the people that helped you get to where you are already. Um, and kind of putting it out there is sort of that dual purpose with, uh, with that marketing call to action. I think it's so great that you called that out, right? Because I think we forget sometimes, like we forget that we should be pushing in some sort of direction and networking for a lot of folks, uh, they don't do it until they have to and layoffs are definitely a case in which you have to. And then they feel like it's, uh, it's inauthentic. It's not... It's, it's, it's with a dual purpose, so it can't be good or something like that. And I'm like, why can't it both be, you know, you reaching out to someone out of genuine interest and, and authenticity and, and being, uh, you know, sincere, but also, you know, you're trying to build your career, as is everyone out there. So I'm kind of curious, what has been your perspective on networking? And maybe we can pull in some of your music background, because I feel like the music industry and the way that people network in the music industry is fascinating. So I'm kind of curious how you sort of develop that skill because a lot of this stuff, we develop these skills before the layoff, right? And then we bring it into the new situation. So what do you think has been the most helpful thing from your music background as, you know, in this job search process as well as in your new role? Yeah. So, I mean, I think everything with, with music and with what I'm doing now and in, in the job search is about collaboration. And so it, what I really bring from music background and, and is something is like, you don't, you don't burn bridges, right. With people. And um, you never know when they're going to need you for a show. You never know when they're going to need you for a recording. Um, so you just keep those connections open and you, you know, you support each other. The music community is really tight in that sense of um, people supporting each other's independent releases and trying to get things out there. So, um, you know, I've kind of been raised in that and supporting the teammates that are around you. So, transitioning into this marketing world has, has been, that's just kind of been a natural aspect of it, right? And, and I think um, being a marketer and specifically content marketing, it, it, which is where my background lies, is you're forced to make these connections through your job. And, you know, you're asking for backlinks, you're asking to guest posts on their blog, you're, you know, you're, you're reaching out to them on Twitter and building these communities. And so when things happen, you're already connected with these folks, right? So that's the best way to keep that going is, is just take some time, whether it's every week, every month, however much you want to devote to it. And just make sure you're keeping those connections alive. What, even whether it's just a text or a simple like on a post, um, they're going to remember your face, they're going to remember your name. And then, you know, the thing that people kind of forget is all this stuff is algorithmic, right? So if you're interacting with them on LinkedIn, they're going to continue to see your stuff. So the continuing building of communities is really important. 
And it's more, almost more important when you're not looking for a job because that's the point where you're not necessarily asking for anything, but you're providing something, right? And um, so I think that's really important for people. And, and it's hard when you're starting in a career to really build those connections. Um, and I know there's, you know, I've always kind of had the benefit of being somebody who's not necessarily afraid to get up on stage or get in front of people or, you know, speak to strangers. And I think that that helps, but there's ways if you're not that type of person to also build and, 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 you know, kind of develop these bonds throughout your career. So get creative with it. Don't be afraid to, to introduce yourself to people and, and get your name out there. And, and then obviously I think the, the core of that all is confidence and kind of understanding your value, right. And your worth. And um, if you know that it's going to make it a whole lot easier. Yeah. I think that's so, that's so key is, is to keep going even when you're in a role so that when you you find yourself in these moments, you can really leverage and, and kind of, I don't know, leverage almost seems like the wrong word, but like fall back on those connections that you've been fostering over all that time. Um, now you said it was about six weeks, right? Between laid off and landing your new role. Is that right? Yep. And what was your approach to the job search? So clearly you posted that message. You started reaching out to people. You said you were traveling a bit. Did you use job boards? Did you not use job boards? What was your sort of, um, you know, bounce back strategy in that way? What was your approach to the job search? It's, it was an all the above, to all be honest above. with you. One-to-one <laughs> -one connections. It was um, looking at job boards. It was, you know, daily getting on LinkedIn and looking through jobs that fit kind of in, in my path. Um, reaching out to folks that I've connected with in the past, seeing if there's any openings coming up. Um, and, and I think for me, like one of the big things is, and it, it's, this is just kind of speaks to the power of networking is there was a CEO and founder who I interviewed with, I think three and a half years ago, they ended up going in a different direction with a candidate, but I ended up keeping in touch with him. And immediately after the layoff, he actually put me in touch with four other founders who I got in an interview process with immediately. So, you know, this was somebody that, we didn't really stay connected very deeply except for me just, you know, cheering, cheering on the company and kind of rooting for them from afar. So um, those connections really matter. And um, in that six week period, I think I, you know, I tried to get in at least 10 to 15 applications a day if I could. I mean, it was just numbers, you know, it was, it was looking at it and saying, how can I just kind of put out this wide net and see what, what kind of pulls in. And, and I was, um, you know, mostly looking for, for more leadership roles um, at this point in my career and, and was kind of focusing in on that, but really kept everything open and, and took, took uh, calls and interviews from a bunch of different roles and more specialist stuff versus more um, generalist roles. So I think the key is just put yourself out there, put up numbers, and then, and then you're going to get that, that funnel is going to build itself. Right. And you're going to, you're going to start having interviews. You're going to start doing assessments. You're going to start doing all these things. So, um, and, and one thing I will say, a lot of companies these days want um, to kind of see your value and your work up front. And for marketers, it can be a lot easier because we have, we typically have a portfolio of work ready, right? And um, so if you're a marketer and you, you don't have a portfolio ready yet, take some time, make one. Um, it can be as simple as something in a Google Drive that just shows a lot of your work. And then when you're ready, you send that out to people right away and they can see the value of your work before they even speak to you. Um, so that, that's just kind of a recommendation I have there. And, um, I think that the key is just numbers. Um, you gotta, you gotta get yourself out there. You gotta apply, you gotta take a look at everything and all the possibilities. That's awesome. And a lot of folks struggle with that. Um, when they get laid off, you know, you're in a job, 
it gives you a schedule. It gives you a time to be there, a time to go home, a time to go to lunch and all that stuff. Um, but then when we get laid off, we lose a lot of things, right? We lose the company's reputation was our reputation, right? We lose the identity of that title, which was our title. And we, uh, you know, lose that sort of sense of security, financial and, you know, physical even. And I think um, when, when so much kind of just disappears overnight in a lot of ways, people have a bit of an identity crisis. Um, and they go, oh no, I'm just a quote unquote job seeker. Uh, that's my title now, apparently. Um, how did you hang on to your like identity, your marketing identity between roles? Like, were you learning anything, building anything? Was it all just networking? How did you not lose that sense of self? Because you had a very quick turnaround. And so I'm kind of curious, you know, did you have a really fortified identity going into that job? So you had a, a nice sort of separate look at yourself. I'm, I'm kind of curious, you know, how you sort of view that identity piece of things. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think the best way to put it is that I don't view my identity um, through the lens of my career. Um, I view my identity as who I am as a person. And so for me, that um, really helps to inform every aspect of my life, right? So um, when, I, when there are challenges in my career, in my personal life, the core of my identity understands what I value and, and what I seek in that value. So um, when you lose a job, that's just a part of your life, right? That's not your entire life. And I know that's so hard for a lot of us, especially in this millennial and, and Gen Z generation where we're just pushing so hard to just get a bite at the apple. And for so many of us, the facts are the facts. We don't have the amount of wealth that our parents had at our age. We're, we're not where they were salary wise. And so we keep trying to kind of fight this. And so we start to build an identity around ourselves as our work. And that can be really dangerous. So what I would encourage folks to do is, is just know your identity as yourself first and then how that varies from your work identity. Um, and when you, when you know that, you'll start to see them really marry nicely together and you'll start to be more natural in work settings. You'll start to not be as afraid to kind of show your personality and be yourself. And then also when something happens with your job, it won't be as attached to you and your humanity and your soul and you as a human being, right? So um, it's, it's important to marry those together, but it's also really crucial to have those separate. Um, and that's kind of how I was able to do it and, and still do it. And, and I'm somebody who really values work-life balance. And, and that was um, something that really abruptly changed for me with, with the pandemic. And, you know, I think it was two weeks in and I was, um, I was about six weeks into the job and two weeks into the, the work from home. And I just kind of like hit this wall and I was like, I don't feel any balance right now. Everything's off. And so I had to really take some time to just kind of figure things out personally and better understand how I can find that balance in this new normal and, um, been able to kind of hit that stride here as we've gone forward. But having that clear separation between your identity and your core self versus who you are in the workplace and what you offer as a member of the workforce um, is really important. And I, I would just encourage people to, to keep those um, in a, in a healthy place, right. And, and understand that your identity is not your job. That's, that's the way that you make your means. It's, it's not who you are at your core. Yeah, I love that. That's so great. And it, it almost feels like um, 
that can be something that comes from the creative world as well, right? You, you make these really cool creative things and you put them out into the world, but they are separate from you. And once they've detached, they're like floating out there and other people get to interpret them and, and make them part of their life. Yeah. And I, I'd say just like to follow up on that, I think one of the things that's really helped me, I, I went to a music conservatory where it was music all day, every day. And, um, that training and getting told that's terrible and no, you need to improve this and that's not good enough. And seeing people around you that are these just brilliantly talented musicians and knowing you got to catch up to it, um, is really something that kind of helped me with that and, and, and kind of makes me understand and gives me a little bit of perspective now of like, that's that experience of kind of being told in a, in a very forward way, you got to get better. Um, has really helped me in the work experience because now it's like, you know, if I make a mistake or numbers don't add up to what we need them to, or, or we don't hit goals or whatever, it's a little bit easier to compartmentalize because it's not as directly uh, tied to me as a human being and, and the sounds and the uh, emotion and creativity that I'm producing. So um, I think that's helped for sure. Yeah. I really like that because it is that almost sort of you know, impermanence of it or that constant change. I, I think a lot of people think of their career as a very static thing. Mm-hmm. I have my career and then we get laid off. Oh, I lost my career. Oh, now I got to go get it back. And when in reality, it's like, no, it's a practice. I, I view a career very much as a daily practice of utilizing certain skills, talking to certain people, um, solving certain problems, and just continually every day saying, you know, how am I going to do this again? What new techniques do I need to bring in? And that, that sort of practice idea keeps us from getting complacent. It keeps us from getting, um, you know, oh, I just use Gmail. I don't use the next thing that comes out. Or I just, mm-hmm. oh, I'm, I'm still on MySpace or whatever the heck the thing is that someone might be doing. Um, but it like every day it's like, oh no, there's new elements to bring into my practice and probably elements that I need to let go in my practice. And um, I, I love that sort of musical mindset that you bring to it because that is a very sort of daily practice. You know, you never are done learning in in music right you're always and i was in a band uh, way back when in a ska band and so uh no one knows the skies but it doesn't matter but the uh yeah like every every time you you get up there the song isn't isn't done it's not finished you you have to recreate it every single time from scratch basically even though there's muscle memory and stuff like that but i really love that perspective that you're bringing to it yeah and and i the same thing goes if you're in a sales role if you're in a marketing role if you're in a developer role um, anything, you know, you have to continue to get better. If you're a lawyer, you need to better your courtroom presence. You need to better your writing every day, you know? So there's that constant, um, seeking of, of, of improvement that that's really important. And it's a, I know it's hard to say it when you're in after a layoff and you're looking for a job, but it's a great time to add some new skills, right? It, it pick up something, see what you can learn. Um, you know, maybe you add something to your stack that makes you more, more hireable in the future. So, um, I know it's hard in that moment to realize that, but, but when you can, it, it can be really special. Yeah. And that is, that is what people are seemingly, usually they jump to, you know, uh, a layoff typically triggers some sort of certification or additional learning or an MBA or, or something. For me, it was uh, launching a side project and, and all sorts of other stuff. And I think that, you know, taking action is really what we're getting at. It's, it's doing something, even if you're not 
sure it's right. Even if you're not sure it's like the perfect thing, chances are it won't be, but we'll get some sort of feedback into the loop. And that feedback loop is really what matters. Um, so as we, as we get towards the end here, I would love to get a sense of, you know, where you're at now, because you went through this whole experience. Um, but in, in, in telling that, I would love to know sort of what were all the different touch points that happened that led you to the current role you're in? Because I think sometimes people go, oh, it was luck, right? Oh, I, I job searched for a few months and then I got lucky and I got a job. And then everyone who hears that goes, oh, well, if I don't get lucky, then I'm just not going to get a job. When I dig into it, I always find out, no, they were waking up every day, putting in the hustle, reaching out to people, doing all these things. So looking back now that everything is 2020, perfect vision. What, uh, what were all the little touch points that you could maybe identify that led to the current role you're in? Yeah, I think first and foremost, if you have a conversation with somebody who's hiring or a founder or anybody within the company that um, is willing to have a conversation with you, follow up to that. Um, don't drop the ball there. That's an easy one for you to, 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 to do immediately. And I think that was something that I really tried to do was keep those touch points going with every single person I was talking to thanking them for their time, you know, continuing to share more ideas with that follow up from the conversation. Um, and, and I was really in a lucky position and, and I mean, I, maybe not lucky, but I think I keep using that word, but um, I think that I was in a great position because I had a few offers come in. So I was really able to weigh my options. And um, really what, what that came down to was I was able to really choose where I thought the best growth for me was next. And so, um, you know, I interviewed, and had offers with, with three great other companies and ended up choosing them out. And really the reason that was, was the growth potential there and, and the, the ability for me to really come in and scale and create this from scratch. And, and also with this established background of, of, of the Avant business and, and where we spun out of that and came from. So I think the potential and the opportunity, and then obviously the people was, was key for me and, you know, hearing the excitement, um, and the voices of bringing on this role and starting to really build out the B2B marketing efforts um, was something that was really impactful for me in my decision. And, and keeping those touch points, like you said, is is really important. Every time I'd meet with somebody, there'd be a follow-up to it. And, um, you know, I think for me, there was always somebody who kind of like referred me in or, you know, hey, you guys should talk. And if that happens, thank those folks too and send them something that just like, you know, shows your appreciation, even if it's not something of monetary value, something as simple as a text that just kind of says, Hey, thank you so much for that. It was a great opportunity. So um, I think that's really what I would encourage people to do is, is don't be afraid to continue to reach out. And especially right now, um, you know, I've actually been kind of going through this now as a hiring uh, manager and, 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 you know, trying to hire up a team during this time has been really difficult because things just change every moment. Right. So um, what might be approved now could not be in a week. So if you're a candidate and you're speaking to um, hiring managers or recruiters and, you know, maybe they're starting to ghost you for a week or so or, or longer, don't be afraid to reach back out. Uh, but re like, like we talked about, reach out with a purpose, right? It's not just, hey, checking in on seeing what the role is. Um, one thing that I was really impressed by a candidate that um, we actually ended up hiring is, is she reached out to us and, and said, hey, here's all the stuff I've been accomplishing in the three months since we last talked. And here's the direct tie to return on investment that I've caused at my company. Um, and that really pushed us over the line to say, all right, let's, let's make this happen. Like no better time than now. So um, yeah, so I think people just 
keep pushing on the touch points, keep responding, don't give up on things, especially right now, because these hiring managers, they want to hire people, they want to get a team going, but in so many ways, there's just all these, you know, different hoops to jump through right now with, with the pandemic. So um, don't be afraid to reach back out and show that value again and keep, keep pressing on those touch points. I love that. I absolutely like knowing the ROI of your role and being able to communicate that is so incredibly important. And, and it also shows that you care about the business's goals above and beyond just, oh, I need a salary, obviously, to live. I mean, everyone does, right? And so um, that's fantastic. I love that you shared that hiring perspective as well and, and really bringing that around. And, you know, it sounds like a lot of the the ins that you got were through referrals, which we very much find like, you know, 80% of jobs are found that way. So it's great that that's, you know, showing in the actual anecdotal stories that we're telling here as well. And, um I would just, you know, I'd, I'd love to just hear from you as we, you know, wrap this up. If there was one thing you could go back and do differently or double down on in your whole experience of going through a layoff and bouncing back, what would that be? Yeah, so I think um, I'll, I'll kind of break it down as pre-layoff as well, if I may. Um, and, it, and it's really drawing along what you're saying with the ROI um, and, and knowing that and, and being able to show it. So for me, if I could go back and double down on my time before the layoff, it would be to better show and, and project exactly how we're impacting business goals with the work that me and my team are doing. Um, super impactful to do that. And I would just encourage everybody who's in a role right now, start focusing on that. It might just be five minutes a day. It might be even less, um, but just start to take a look at that and see how you can better do that. And then during, um, you know, I, I think during that point of layoff to landing in the new job, um, I think for me, what I probably would, would kind of go back and, and redo would just be to um, kind of just like be easier on myself with, with certain things, you know? So Sometimes you might get rejected. I remember there was a company that I really wanted to work for and we got through a couple interview phases and, and it just didn't work out. And, you know, that day um, I think was a disappointment, but it really kind of is always a step to the next, to the next adventure. Right. So I think for me, it would just be um, just, you know, be easy on yourself and, and understand that, you know, things are going to work out at some point and um, it may take a while, but ultimately it, whatever's meant to happen will. Um, and then after, you know, I think, um, when you, when you land in a new role, I, I think that, you know, it's so key to recognize the, the wins, um, that happen and, and really understand where you're making an impact early on. Um, you got to reflect on, on the losses that you take. You're going to take losses when you land in a new role. It's just inevitable. Um, you got to reflect on those and grow from them. Um, and then, you know, I think if, if you're somebody who values this side, like, try to shift the culture and, and try to really move things in a positive direction and, and um, take things to the next level. And, you know, it's hard to do that in every single role, but, you know, I really took it upon myself knowing like, Hey, if I'm going to come into a company and, and take over this marketing um, initiative and, and really start to build this program, um, the enthusiasm has to be there. And so that that's been uh, really something that I've tried to double down on as well. So um, I know that's kind of long winded and, and throughout it. each phase of it, but, those, that would be what I would say I'd go back and do more of. I love it. And I appreciate you sharing what you're excited for 
in your next phase, in the next part of the journey? Because now you're going to move forward and leverage that into future roles, future promotions, future everything as well. And that's, I think, so important. And so uh, key to keep in mind is that, you know, everything builds on itself, even the downs, you know, we're always adding new things to our repertoire, even if it's a painful thing, even if it's a layoff, even if it's, uh, you know, a, a span of six months where we're just like, ah, what's going on? That's teaching us patience. It's teaching us how to, you know, be kinder to ourselves, hopefully, uh, as you mentioned. And, and I'll even toss in, you know, learning how to be empathetic towards hiring managers because they're getting inundated with information and they have their hands tied by bureaucracy and all sorts of other stuff that happens. And so we can be kind to ourselves and we can be kind to others in this process. So John, I really appreciate you joining us on the podcast today and sharing your story. Um, We're hoping to bring many more of these layoff stories to our listeners to help everyone just realize that this is a process that so many professionals go through and especially in this time right now. Um, and we're not alone in it, and there are resources, and people want to help. That's the key. People want to help if we reach out in the right way. So, John, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Hey there. Thanks so much for checking out this episode of the Career Therapy Podcast, Life After Layoff series. If you enjoyed what you heard here and have a layoff story of your own to share, please connect with me at linkedin.com slash in slash Martin McGovern, or just look up Martin McGovern on LinkedIn and shoot me a DM. I'd love to have you on the show to share your story and you know, normalize this layoff experience that brings so many people such a variety of emotions and shame and different things that we feel going through the process. I think it's something that most people experience in their lives, and I want to share more of these stories with the world, and I really appreciate those of you willing to share. Um, If you like what you watched here today and you want to support us on Patreon, you can check out patreon.com slash career therapy. And don't forget to subscribe to this on YouTube, like the video if you can, and leave a review on iTunes or whatever podcasting software you're watching on. I appreciate your time and wish you the best of luck in your career.